women have a unique role in creation. Women are the nurturers, the birth givers, the more spiritual of the genders. And Torah teaches that women have a special status. Join Mashi Lipska for the next hour as she expounds the Torah wisdom specific to women. Only on 101.9 High FM. And uh, good nerve, Shabbos. It's Mashi Lipska here. 101.9 High FM. Delighted to be with you on this Erev Shabbos where we read, please God, tomorrow in Shul, the seventh of the portions of the Torah. Seven is a significant number. Shabbos is the seventh day. Seven is actually the cycle of life in this world. A person has seven emotional attributes. Things move in cycles of seven. The seven days of the week, each one representing another attribute. And of course, six of the seven days are given for work. And the question is, what is work? What do we work for? Whom do we work for and what is our goal in working? What are we trying to achieve? As we mentioned last week, the week before, our mission, our collective mission, is to make this world, ordinary life, ordinary cycles of life, a dwelling place, a place that is welcome, a place that is home to Hashem. In this week's parsha. The nation is established. In this week's parsha, the patriarch Jacob marries, has children, and establishes 11 of the 12 tribes. In this week's parsha, we learn something fascinating about how he managed to do this. Not only that, but the place that he managed to do it in was anything but spiritual and holy to the eye. His father, his grandfather, they lived in the Holy Land. He was sent by his parents to leave the Holy Land and go to a place called Horon, and there to look for a wife, and there to raise children. How in the world was he going to succeed? Not in Eretz Israel, where the Torah tells us God's eyes are on the land from the beginning to the end of the year. But how? And through his example, we understand how we continue that tradition, that heritage, that destiny of the Jewish people. There were two things that the patriarch Jacob acquired while he was with his father-in-law, Lavan, in a place called Haran. Haran was not a nice place. Haran was an immoral, cheating, lying place. And yet there, in abundance, he managed to establish and acquire two things, a family and abundant wealth. How? How did it happen 
that he became so wealthy in a place where there were cheaters, jealous people. His own father-in-law did not forgive him. And how did he come out with these incredible, beautiful children who absolutely are the foundations, 11 of the 12 tribes from whom we all come. It's a fascinating story. And of course, as we keep saying, Masay Avot Siman Lebanim, Masay Ovois Simon Lebanim, the example of the fathers and the mothers, is an ex- what they did, their actions is a sign an example to us. And not only an example, but an empowerment. They were parents. Only three were fathers. Only four were mothers. Parents. And they speak to us about parenting. They speak straight to the heart of the matter. And there's no time like the present that it is so needed. What is the role of parents? What is the role of the relationship between a father and a mother and their offspring. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. I'm Mashi Lipsker. This is 101.9 High FM, and I'm delighted to have this opportunity to share thoughts at this very holy and special time in our history. Why do I say that? Because it's a time, because of social media, because we know some of what's going on in the world, and it's coming at us at a fast rate. Each one of us, having been informed, as it were, through divine providence, God's talking to us, and if you see something, you've got to do something. If you know something, you have to understand that it wasn't by accident that Hashem brought it to your attention. And what should our reaction be? Obviously, as a Jewish nation, a light unto the nations, as a Jewish nation, empowered and privileged to be making a dwelling for God in the ordinary or the seeming ordinary, our job is clearly to strengthen spirituality. And spirituality doesn't mean to meditate on the top of a mountain or to withdraw into a cave. It's not about us. It's about interacting with people, with objects, with anything that comes our way and interacting with them to reveal the godliness therein. What is the godliness? Our holy Torah directs us it's called Torah Chaim, the Torah of life. Not only does it give us Chaim life, but it tells us how to negotiate life. And the Torah this week is Parshat Vayetze. Parshas Vayetze, the seventh Parsha, and Jacob goes forth from Be'er Sheva and he heads to Choron. His parents, both his father and his mother, have instructed him not to marry a woman from the locals, but to go back to his mother's family and to 
take a wife there. And as he's on his way, we see in the second pasuk, Vaivka Bamakom Vayalen Shom. He lay down in that place, but that place suddenly, he suddenly happened upon the place. Vayishkav Bamakom Ahu, and he rested in that place. He slept there. He rested there. Why the double language? And our commentators tell us this was the first time in 14 years that he actually slept. What was he doing from the time he left home until now, leaving the land of Israel, that he did not sleep? Ah, after his parents sent him to go to Haran, he didn't go directly but he went to prepare himself through 14 years of devout study of Torah in the yeshiva of Aver, in the yeshiva of the descendant of Noach. And there he immersed himself wholeheartedly and did not sleep. He didn't lie down for those 14 years immersing himself in the teachings of Tyra. And his example tells us that something important like marriage needs tremendous preparation. And the preparation is not to acquire wealth. It's not to acquire skills, as it were. Everything is in the Tyra. And he studied the Tyra to be ready to get married and establish a family. He did not sleep, which means he was watchful. He put his whole self into it. He did not go to sleep. Similarly, in Haran, there are going to be another 20 years where he doesn't sleep. He's watchful as he establishes a family. In our world today, so many of us just want to sleep. What is sleep? Sleep is to be comfortable. Sleep is just to kind of switch off. The world is a terrible place. I can't bear it. I'm withdrawing. I like to sing. I like to draw. I like to paint. I like to cook. I'm staying within. I'm going to sleep. And the teaching of Torah is... We cannot sleep. Whatever the patriarchs, the fathers, the mothers did, they were teaching us that when you're in this world, you're not in this world to sleep. We're in this world to be awake, alive, active, contributing, watchful. And Yaakov did not sleep in the preparation, and Yaakov did not sleep in the actual raising of his family. And that was the only way that he could be successful in the momentous job of establishing the 12 tribes. Sleep is withdrawal from involvement. However, there was one night when he did sleep, and that was at the beginning of our Parsha, when he lay down in a particular place and slept there. And that was sleep as a preparation for involvement. 
it symbolizes both things that we need to do. We need to take care of our bodies in order for one thing, that we be able to be strong Jews, that we be able to be devoted, strong, dedicated children of Hashem to do the mission for which we have been placed into this world every moment that we're here. There isn't one moment that isn't a new gift, and we need to see where God has taken us, what abilities he's given us, with whom he's put us into touch. Nothing is a mistake. Every single aspect of our lives, every breath that we take, is divinely directed. What happened when he slept? He had a dream, and there was a ladder from the earth all the way up into the heavens. It was standing on earth, but it was stretching up, up, up. That was the preparation for the 20 years ahead. That's the ladder of connection between us and Hashem. That is the ladder of prayer, that we'd say words that connect us every day, not just once a day, Many times a day, we begin our day with the modani, we say the morning blessings, we say as much of the morning davening as we can. A man puts on tefillin, binding his mind and heart to Hashem, to Torah, to mitzvahs. We are a nation of connection, but we have to nurture that connection. Hashem is always present, but he's waiting for us to notice. And we notice by being active, and this world is called the world of action. So Yaakov had two periods where he did not sleep. And that was being sure to be on guard and use the time correctly to watch out. And there was a time when it was okay to sleep. Preparation for involvement. A Jew must immerse himself in godliness, while remaining connected to this world. A Jew must be very much in the world. You eat, you sleep, you dress in an appropriate fashion that's a frame for your neshama that announces who you are. And you meet and you marry, please God, for everyone who's waiting to meet and marry. May it come soon and appropriately and we have a family, and may all those waiting for children be blessed to be able to have children to whom to pass on our glorious, glorious Yiddishkeit. But Hashem, with the patriarchs, showing us the example, we must go into Choron, we must go into the thick of the world, but don't go to sleep. Go with a goal. The goal is, I will embrace life, work with the world, but like a Jew, with watchfulness and involvement. And what does Yaakov, the patriarch Jacob, establish there? Wealth and children. Tzoyn, tzon, flocks, and yeladim children. Two areas of accomplishment which actually are the two areas that every man wants to feel accomplished in. 
out in the world and in the family, we find that there's opposition. The world out there wants to say, old man, you want to study Torah? We won't bother you. But leave the kids alone. What do you want from the children? It's a new world. It's a modern world. Let them go. Let them discover. Let them make their own decisions. That voice is represented by love on the father-in-law. At the point in the parsha when Yaakov is leaving, he says, I want to leave. And he does leave. And Lovin says, how could you have done this to me? The daughters are my daughters. The sheep is my sheep. Everything that you have is because of me. And what he's saying is, leave the kids alone. Wealth, that you can only do like a Lovin. You want to be rich? You'll have to cheat a bit. You have to be a slender here. You have to trick over there. You study, you pray, you be spiritual. You stay outside the world. These belong to me. But Yaakov knows the children and the wealth are blessings from Hashem. However, he also knows that we must do our part. Hashem has many blessings waiting abundant blessings that he wants to shower us with. But we must not go to sleep. We need to make vessels for every blessing that we want. We've got to work, yes, with every fiber of our beings. To be honest, we're not looking for an easy life, but we're looking for a good life, a pure life, a life where we can go to sleep at night and not worry a life where we trust Hashem, we're connected, and we have great results. We have lots to show for it when we work for the big boss. We work for Hashem. It's unbelievable. When we follow this way, there is real wealth. There's a Hasidic vort from the previous Rebbe. He said real wealth is not houses, it's not property, it's not money, it's Yiddish Anachas. That's the wealth that continues forever. A good name and children, beautiful children who carry on the Torah. But how do we teach them? There's a big mitzvah in the Torah for parents to teach children. Vishinantam levonecha, teach it diligently to your children. And the patriarchs kept the whole Torah, even before it was given. And the children of Yaakov and Rachel and Leah were just incredible, each one more beautiful than the one before. How did he raise these children, children who are connected? So the Medrash asks us, Ma haya aimer? What did he say to have these wonderful children? And the obvious question is not what did he say, but what did he do? What did he do? But the Medrash answers. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi said, he said the 15 Shir Hamalos, Shir Hamalot, the 15 Psalms in Tehillim, 
from 120 to 134 that begin with Shir Hama'alot. One of them begins with Shir Lama'alot. And he was saying, Shir Hama'alot, Yomar na Yisrael. Yisrael is Yaakov. Yisrael Saba, Arzeide Yaakov. What was he saying? Not what was he doing? Well, while he was guarding the sheep, that's what he was doing. He didn't sleep at night and he was saying these prayers. He was saying them at night in the house of Lavan because he understood it's all in the hands of heaven. Constantly staying connected like that ladder that he saw which sent him off to Haran. As a patriarch, he blazed the trail. He went to Haran. He raised the family outside of a holy environment like the world we lived in today, outside of Eretz Yisrael. But he also went to transform Haran to a place where you could raise children, where those around you would be affected, not only your family, a place where the next generation could be inculcated with godly values to transform Haran outside of Eretz Yisrael to a place where you can raise Yiddish kinder and even kinderlach who can affect the environment. And because it was such a big obligation, therefore he did not sleep for 20 years. Lavan tried at every point to trick him. Yaakov prayed, remained connected, was not affected, and managed to pass that on intact to his children. And therefore, these children are mine. And the wealth is mine from Hashem. I worked 14 years for your two daughters, six years for your sheep, and I never slept because what was I working? I was working with my family and with the wealth. I was working on both fronts, and I never went to sleep. There are parents today who think and say, when the children are little, till bar mitzvah knew, I'll tell them what to do. But then when they get a little older, they're 13, 12, they have friends. They have a peer group. I don't want to make them look less. I don't want to interfere. Parents have this mitzvah forever, even when the children are older. Obviously, you have to approach it carefully. But vishinantom levonecha is the obligation. How do we do it? We remain connected and we show an example. Our example is powerful. It teaches the children. We have to watch ourselves. It's not what we say. It's what we do. We are here to transform the physicality into spirituality. It must become a place of holiness so that Hashem will come to dwell amongst us, feel at home with the time of Mashiach. He's up at night. It's not to guard the sheep. It's now. The moment, every moment we have, it's to be an example, to teach, and to pray.
And when we have that example of involvement and connection, knowing that it's God who sends the blessings, but we must do our maximum, we have the physical and spiritual success. We have the children, we have the sheep, they are our children. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. I'm Ashi Lipsker. Delighted to be with you on 101.9 High FM on this Erev Shabbos Kaidish Parshas Vayetze. The Erev Shabbat of the portion of Vayetze where Jacob leaves the Holy Land and goes out into exile, as it were, to raise a family there, a pure Jewish family, who will affect their environment and continues to do so until this very day. We are their children. And he teaches us by example that it is the obligation of parents, which never ends, Vishinantam Levanecha, you must teach, teach Torah diligently to your children. And diligently means you can't go to sleep. It's not about saying, I've done my part. You go and figure it out for yourselves now. The older we get, the more wisdom we have, the more life's experience. And we have to give that over. We have to provide the next generation with what we can offer, and we can offer plenty. Always love to quote Rabbi Bernhard, Olav Shalom, our dear Rabbi Bernhard. And he says, people come to him and say, Rabbi, I'm having such sorrows with my kids. I don't understand it. Rabbi, I gave them everything I never had. And Rabbi Bernhard said, he would say to them, what about giving them everything you did have? We come from somewhere. We come from a long tradition, Bobas and Zaydas, who knew and who lived and lived up to what Hashem expects of them. And we are the bearers of that torch. And the world is waiting. And in our times now, there's a lot of work to be done. Never has the world been in a situation where we are aware on a daily basis, multiple times a day, of events that are going on. And if Hashem brings them to our attention, it means there's something we can do. We cannot sleep. There's a war going on. And it's not just a simple war in one corner of the world. It's the war of good against evil, of life and the value of life against death. It's a war to proclaim God's presence in the world the way Torah teaches us that God wants life to be lived with kindness, with goodness, with respect. It doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't matter who you are. Everyone deserves respect. And we say it every day in the prayers. Elu divarim. These are the things that have no measure. 
These are the things that are the actions that Torah expects of us. Kibud Avaim, honoring parents. Whether they're alive or not, the way we live will honor our ancestors. Avaim, what about the matriarchs and patriarchs? What do they expect of us? Kibud Avaim, honoring them through behavior that they taught. Kmilut chasadim, benevolence, generosity, giving, food, clothing, shelter, and sharing words of Torah. Nurturing the other physically and spiritually. And our essence is spiritual that precedes and succeeds the body. We have an obligation to spread gimilut chasadim, acts of kindness, an obligation to study the Torah twice a day, to infuse ourselves with these positive thoughts, this uplifting connection through study, through prayer, to be hospitable, all the things the patriarch showed us, visiting, uplifting the sick, dowering the bride, taking care of those who've departed, honoring them, seeing that they have a kosher Jewish burial, concentrating in prayer, connecting with God, bringing peace between one man and another, between a man and his wife, between people, between couples, and the study of Torah equals them all. Because when we study Torah, Torah says, don't just sit here and study. Get out there and practice what you've studied. Torah teaches us. The word Torah means guide. It's a guide for life. So there's a war. We know about it. What do we do? We join the spiritual army. We take up arms, extra Torah study, and share it, extra prayer, and mean it. Milut Hasadim, Tzedaka, Ahavat Yisrael, love for another, which takes so many forms. We need to tie ourselves to Hashem and our purpose in this world. And then there's the prayer. Now when Jacob, Yaakov said the prayer, the prayers, the 15 Shir Hamalais, the second one, Shir La Ma'alot. I lift my eyes unto the mountains, from whence will my help come? In that psalm it says, The guardian of Israel does not sleep nor slumber. God's always awake. Speak to him. Reach out to him. He's waiting for our request. It's not about a baby who cannot speak. It's about a person who's becoming more developed with every day that God gifts him. And more and more does that relationship deepen and grow and become more loving and, and more refined, more sensitive and deep. Lo yanum velo yishan shomer Yisrael. God does not sleep. He does not slumber. 
and he expects lots of us. The big thing we need to dedicate ourselves to as parents is to educate. How do we nurture a child spiritually? How do we nurture his neshama? Education, Torah teaching, lots of it. Teach it diligently to your children in the morning, in the afternoon, in your home, when you're traveling on the way, when you lie down, when you get up. But children are not just our biological children. A child is anyone whom you teach, your students. And we have the opportunity to be teachers and the obligation to be teachers, especially at this time. If you know something, something positive and helpful, say something, do something. This is the world of action. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. I'm Mashi Lipsker, delighted to be with you on this Erev Shabbos on 101.9 High FM. And we're talking about a lesson to take into our daily lives now. A lesson modeled for us by the patriarch Yaakov, Jacob. His devotion to his children to raising his children, which caused him not to go to sleep. He didn't check out. He didn't take a break. He didn't sleep for 20 years. In fact, to the run-up, he prepared for 14 years and also didn't sleep. Yaakov teaches us that this responsibility is something which is so great that it is up to us to take it really seriously. It's the most important investment we will ever make. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, we get tired. Yes, we lose our temper. Yes, it is a most challenging, um, what would you call it, privilege. However, it is the source of the greatest blessings. In fact, the fifth Rebbe, the Rebbe Rashab, said, just as it is an obligation on every man over bar mitzvah to put tefillin on every day, it is an obligation of a parent to spend half an hour thinking about the education of children. That is what we need to do. Half an hour, that's serious. Put your phone away, stop scrolling, half an hour about where are my kids headed and what can I do to help them in their education. In addition to that, we have an obligation now to strengthen the nation even more. Our example, our input spreads to everyone. You know, Jewish people are one unit. When you strengthen one, you strengthen the entire nation. And remember that Maimonides says, every person must look at himself in the following way. Look at the world as if it's in perfect balance. And one good deed can tip the scales for all of humanity. Let's grab that opportunity. Let it be my deed that changes reality forever. And so... As we go into Shabbos, please, God, we will light our candles 
at 6.15 or a little earlier with the right bracha in the right time and offer up prayers for goodness, for light, for protection, for all of humanity to finally reach that day where everyone is at home and Hashem is at home in His world with the coming of Mashiach. God doesn't sleep nor slumber and neither should we for these are great times of tremendous opportunity. I wish you all a good Shabbos and please God even before Shabbos comes in may we hear all the good news we are waiting to hear. May Hashem have mercy on his entire world and ease the plight of all those in restricted places. May he help us to strengthen our mitzvahs and thereby strengthen all of creation. Good Shabbos.